Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Grant Morris sitting in for Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us tonight by Petite Pet Care. While you're at work or on vacation, you don't have to board your pet. He can stay in the comfort of his own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. I wonder why they say he can stay. Not yeah. she. Or or it. Are most pets he? Uh, Cats are mostly she, you I tend to think. And dogs <laughs> you think of as he, right? Anyway, each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margot and Ray invite a member of New Orleans' restaurant and food community to join them and invite them to bring along their own guest, a Plus One. We never know who their Plus One is going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or a fellow restaurant colleague. And I've got really lucky sitting in tonight for Ray because Ray and Margo's special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is one of the most colorful people in the New Orleans food ecosystem, Frankie Vivid. Frankie is the wearer of many hats, most of them related in one way or another to scantily clad or naked women. Frankie is the producer of internationally renowned burlesque shows, Superstars of Burlesque, and the Burlesque Hall of Fame. He's the co-founder of the live event and website, Naked Girls Reading, which you can find at nakedgirlsreading.com. And if you're wondering how any of this gets you invited on Midnight Menu Plus One, Frankie Vivid is the creator and principal contributor to the blog, website, and way of life, Cooking for Strippers which you can find at, guess where, cookingforstrippers.com. Frankie, welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. And thanks on behalf of me. all of us, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Th- thanks for having me. You're welcome. Is it actually the day of your birth? It is, October 6, 1912. <laughs> 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 Feels like it some days. Yes, yes, it's today. It's my birthday. Well, you look great. Thank you. For uh, being that old. <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate you joining us on your birthday. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to just... S- start out i mean obviously you you come from a you have an entertainment background yes um but i'd like to know what inspired you to write about food why a food blog well um my wife and i years ago we started you know we travel a a lot and so when we're at home it was like we need to not eat out we need to make our own food we need to try and just really you know, undo the, the, the damage that gets done when you travel all the time. So I, I began to, she was always a cook from the time that we met. Um, and I was, I was like, I'm, I want to learn, learn this. I really want to get in touch with what I'm eat, e- eating. So just started to cook, you know, re- recipes online to see what I can do, watch food shows, that, that t- type of thing. Um, she's a burlesque dan- dancer and every year has a group of women stay at our place for, you know, a, about, about a week to train and, and do a show and and part of that thing was I would cook for for them that was part of the deal and I just get a huge kick out, out of it and one year I think she's been doing it like five or six, six years one one year the girls were like you should you should do a blog you should do a book or whatever and I was just like absolutely because no one would believe the stuff that goes on you know it's, like it is sensational it is sexy but it's also like heartwarming and sweet and when you have a bunch of wonderful ladies around a table sharing you know a meal it's just some amazing times so i said well, why not let's let's do it okay and so I, I i was looking back over your blog and i have to say for someone that you you say you have no cooking experience right like no no training no no, no training at and all. y'all uh do it together mm-hmm. and um well the the recipes are pretty uh well written i would have to say and it's funny you know they're 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 witty and Thank there's you. stories to it but it's also very um clear like maybe i mean i'm completely dyslexic but i i feel like they're very accessible mm-hmm. and easy to understand and like you make comments like take a handful and you know <laughs> some but use both ha- then right. do another handful and you use uh very descriptive words is that have you had any influence on writing recipes or is this completely 
no, from I think y'all's it, experiences. I think it comes from just the fact. I think it actually comes from the fact that I'm not trained and and I don't have that vo- vocabulary of school or you know restaurant training. It's mostly just you know I look at a recipe or you know experiment. Very rarely, even if it's the f- first time I do something that I've found online or a friend gave me. Very r- rarely do I do that specific thing. I always want to you know kind of freehand hand it as I go. So I think it just came from that spot of you know I don't really know what I'm doing. And there's probably other people who don't really know what they're doing. So let's talk to them. You know, it's a learning experience. A lot of times the recipes that I I put up there, it may be the first or second time I've done them. So it's, you know, I feel like everyone, everyone's learning with with me. So I think that's where it comes from. Okay. Do you you get much response? I do, actually. Um, Unfortunately, you know, since it is a blog, you know, I don't update it as often as I would like. That tends to be kind of what blogs do. How often are you supposed to update it? Well, when I first started, I was updating once or twice a week, and now it goes a couple of months in in between. A couple of months? Um, although the I do have a must drop off pretty precipitously after a couple of months. It, it does. I've noticed that, you know, when I post, there's a lot, you know, people jump back on and I get a good response. I get e- emails and, and things. And it's always it's fun. And a lot of people like the fact that I don't give, you know, do a tablespoon of this and a teaspoon of that. I'm just, you know, food to me is about a personal a, a approach and it should taste good to you. And if you like a little less of something and you know you just experiment with it until you know because you might cook a recipe and go i don't like that but if you if you know that you like certain things and you've you've tried things and you can back off or push certain elements then maybe you will like it you know and uh how many people uh find you because they're interested in food or because they're drawn to the the title and have you had I would any say weird experiences prim- with that. Primarily the the title and the content being, you know, salacious in nature. Um, I mean, we have, uh, you know, from pr- producing shows all over and from having you know, sort of living in that world of the burlesque and, and that sort of thing. We've got people that are that are pr- primarily fans of the shows and of my wife and you know our, our friends. So that's kind of where the fan base starts with. I'll post something and it's just friends of mine look at it, but it's. You know, I've, I have no illusions that people aren't coming. Going, oh, I, I really want to find a great chili recipe, you know, <laughs> looking like for reading, that first. But reading Playboy for the articles. <laughs> right, exactly. But are you <laughs> cooking for strippers, actually? Yeah, the, the title was twofold. It was because the intention, you know, it started that I cook for the ladies. Uh, people that come stay at our house, people that come for this week-long, um, you know, extravaganza that we call Strippers ho- Holiday. <laughs> I cook for them, but it, it also was so that in the future, in the very near future, you can also do have have other of the ladies give their recipes. I actually have a collection that was given to me of recipes from Legends of Burlesque that danced in the you know 30s, 40s, 50s that I'm going to be posting soon. And let's sort this one thing out right now. Sure. What is a stripper and what is a burlesque dancer? And oh, is one get in trouble? One an insult? It depends on, so, yeah. on who you ask. When the so the the burlesque movement that's currently going on really took hold in LA and New York in the late 90s and it's taken a little while to filter through the rest of the US right now in New Orleans it's like one of the best cities in the world to be a burlesque dancer there's so much going on good quality stuff there's some great things but that was basically these people that were looking it was kind of a uh, what you know fifth wave feminist movement of looking back and saying Things have gone too far. Let's look back and, and, you know, in a nostalgia when a wink and a smile was sexier, you know, than, you know, internet porn or whatever. But to be honest, the women, you know, we've gotten to know a lot of the women who used to dance back in the day. We, every year at the Blast Hall of Fame, there's a reunion. There's 20 or 30 of them that still come out. They still dance. If you ask them, a stripper's a stripper's a stripper. The girls who dance at Rick's, you know, cabaret are the sort of, consanguine daughters if you will of that i mean it, w- it was glamorous at the time for some of them and for a lot of them it wasn't i mean it's it there's very little difference but the culture is different the culture that we have now in 2014 well, is very is different there very little difference or is there not very little difference is it pretty much the same thing that's what, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you're saying it's the same thing i would say if you look at it now uh, in a, a, a cultural thing in 2014 a club dancer at you know at a strip club is going to be different than what you see at a burlesque show, but they are, they're, they're not, uh, some of the burlesque girls today go, Oh, I'm not a stripper. And you have to go, yeah, you know, 
yeah, you are. <laughs> and I get what they're saying. They're saying I'm, you know, I don't go in and hustle people for lap dances, and I don't do, you know, that kind of stuff. But Heroin. it's really when you, it's you shouldn't really start parsing that stuff out too much because then I think you, you lose a part of what the burlesque thing is about, which is it's entertainment, it's stripping, it's fun. It's, so what you know, do strippers like to eat? Well, uh, I cook a lot of meat. I cook a lot of. They do a lot of carbs. It's funny when they they when need they, energy, uh, like they need energy. protein, and it's like athletes. Yeah. Especially when they're coming in for this week um, to stay with my wife and teach. Because every year she's got like 10 girls who come and they're all, it's different. We have some r- girls that come out every year, but she tries to mix it up. And they'll come in on like a Tuesday because they start class on a Wednesday. And they come in and they're all fresh-faced and, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this and that this week. And we're going to go out here after class and all that. And I sort of laugh because I know that the first day of class they're going to go in and she's going to teach them for five, six hours. They're going to come home and just collapse on the couch and they're going to not do anything just turn on the tv and or talk or whatever and so that night you know it's a lot of you know pasta or a couple of you know a handful of pork tenderloins for everybody and you know you really like they eat they like my fries my french fries are like a huge hit it's like a big deal i make i usually go through about you know a few tubs of ranch dressing (laughs) so you hand cut your fries Mm -hmm. do you hand cut and um i saw uh you have a recipe for your uh, a, a ranch style dressing. Mm-hmm. Is that? Uh... Yeah, that was actually one of the first things I ever did. We were, um, my wife was on the phone once. And I was trying to make something, and and I was like, ah, oh, you know, damn it, we're out of ranch. And I just thought, I have to have this stuff here to make. I mean, what is, what is that? So I looked online and went, oh, it's this, 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 and that. I've got it, and I put it together, and I've never bought ranch since. Um, what actually is in ranch dressing? Mine is, you know, it's mayo, sour cream, salt, pepper, dill, onion, garlic powder, uh, parsley, and chives. And you had all that in the house? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, to be honest, I don't know where we got it because <laughs> before that moment, I couldn't have, have t- told you what was in that closet but, or in the pantry. But, you know. All right. I want to s- step back a little bit. Sure. Where, um, how long have y'all lived in New Orleans? We've lived here now for two years this this month, um, originally from Chicago, and we started coming down in 2007, 2008 on vacation and just got hooked. Okay, and you y'all decided to, is this your primary residence or do y'all go back and forth? It's about half and half at this point. Um, we consider this, you know, like if you ask me, this is my primary residence. If you ask Michelle, I think she says that Chicago's hers because she still has the school up up there, and you know a lot of what we do is still up there. But I mean, this is definitely where our heart is. Is here. Okay. Well, um, we've uh, like you. We would like you to introduce your plus one, your mystery guest. I thought you were uh, my mistress. Your mistress. <laughs> like, no, I didn't yeah. bring her tonight. <laughs> Uh, my plus one this evening is my lovely and talented and famous wife, Michelle Lamour. Hi, everybody. Wow. Hi. What a treat. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, Hi, Michelle, for joining us. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the wine. You're welcome. <laughs> well, it's a birthday party. So, um, Margot, after you, should I go first? Go first. I want to know the obvious question. How did you guys meet? <laughs> that was the obvious question. Isn't it? Um, well, what, what was the most obvious one? You go first then. What's well, the I don't know. I thought you were going to ask me about what? burlesque versus stripping. Sure. <laughs> I, I, well, you I are. I took care of that in a very oh, yeah? Which one are you? Are you a burlesque dancer okay. or a stripper? <laughs> uh, well, I'm a burlesque dancer, but yeah. So stripper. you wouldn't call yourself a stripper? <clears throat> I mean, I do, but it's it's just a different connotation than than what people are used to. But you but are yeah. one of the world's most famous burlesque dancers. Would you say, is yeah, that, is that a correct that. Sure. description? Mm-hmm. How did you get to be so famous? She's so modest and shy. <laughs> <laughs> how did you Give get me to be some more wine and I'll tell you all about myself. How did you get to be a star myself? in the burlesque world? How did you, how did you do it? <laughs> um, well, I actually started it through Frankie. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. No, I actually started it through uh, with Frankie. Um, he had a band at the time that we had met, and I was auditioning for some, like, talent search uh, company. You know, those, like, scammy model <laughs> companies, like, no. you'll be a star, those <laughs> kinds of things. Um, and I was very bored. I was going to college at the University of Illinois in Champaign, and I was getting my degree in finance. 
So I was bored out of my mind, and you I literally heard, shake your money maker. I literally <laughs> shake my money maker. That's um, what you learned in finance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was very, very bored with that, and I heard this uh, commercial on the radio, and I decided, okay, sure, I'll just go and do this because I haven't been out on an audition in a long time. So I went, and Frankie was there, and then he approached Frankie was me. part of the scummy. He was he was there, actually, <laughs> supporting his ex-wife. Yeah, time. he was supporting his ex-wife. As what? Because uh, uh, she likes to fancy herself a singer. <clears throat> Okay, so you went along. <laughs> you went along to be supportive. Just you weren't playing on the banner. Yeah, the, I was asked to go to to sort of see if it was a scam and you know keep people from making bad de- decisions. But I met Michelle, and you know I was I was done at that point. Yeah. So I wow, he saw me dance. So yeah, you were there with your wife, and he saw you dance. Ex wife. Was she? She was ex at the time. Oh, she was already yeah. your ex wife. We were s- we were still friends until I fell in love with Michelle. <laughs> Oh, I see. Mm. Um, Yeah, so he saw me dance, and then he approached me about dancing with his band. So um, I started being his backup dancer for his band, and then um, he said, well, I want to open this show with a burlesque show, and I said, sure, okay. Blink, blink. Um, No idea what burlesque was, and then I heard the music, like your classic bump and grind music, and... I said, oh, yeah, I absolutely know what that is. And, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I was just hooked. And, then, like, it was just something that, you know, I had been doing in my bedroom in high school inappropriately, hey. not knowing that it was called burlesque. <laughs> so what it was meant story. to be. Um, and so Frankie doesn't have the band anymore. And yeah, I made I'm the right choice, though. <laughs> shaking my moneymaker. <laughs> So did when this? I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. It was a was it a talent search for singers for like for, singers dancers for uh, you, for a band? No, no, no. It was like a thing. No, that he comes was just town. there. Like Basically. he just okay. happened to be yeah. there in like an audience fashion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a rock band, and she danced to a Metallica song, but like a kind of a would you, would you call it jazz dance with style? Yeah, something like that. And it. Interpretive and I was like, this is exactly dance. what we were thinking. <laughs> yeah, Metallica dance. song. Yeah, but it was exactly. What was kind like, of drugs were you guys on at that time? Yeah. Were you no. doing a lot of drugs? No, <laughs> no, never. Actually, yeah, it's true. Never. Mm-hmm. You're doing interpretive dance to Metallica. <laughs> totally straight. <laughs> it wasn't interpretive dancing. It was like, it was like jazz dancing. I don't. Do you know what that is? I don't know what jazz. Dancing. You don't know what jazz dancing is. Jazz have you seen like, no <laughs> like, okay have I'm you seen so you think New you can Orleans dance jazz. have you think have yeah. you seen that no okay. yes I mean, you haven't seen that like no. oh my god Margot, what do you do all night <laughs> cook and eat don't you watch bad tv i do it's but it's not a crappy ass show yes, okay so it's, it's like they have these judges and people who think they can dance come up and i guess they, well, they you can. know they they do it on purpose some of them are really good and some of them are just dreadful yeah and then they give them these t- blistering Judgments. So you must have stood out to be noticed yes. by Frankie. I mean, but you well, said love, you had gone way. on. Um, well, love at first sight. I don't. I mean, <laughs> w- you have gone on other auditions. Did you have a singing background or a dancing background? Or yeah, yeah. So I had a background in dance. I studied ballet and jazz and interpretive dance and hip hop and. But yeah. you were doing a finance degree, so yeah. it was only a, it was just for fun. It was a hobby or something. Um, no, it was actually what I really, really wanted to do. Um, I just wasn't very encouraged in my personal life to do it. Do you have a business brain as well? Yeah. So can you I'd take care of business? Not. Yeah. So who does the business? But so I you hate do the it. business side <laughs> of it. You hate it. I hate it. I'd rather like disown that whole part of me. I think it's very annoying. But can you let that go, or do you have to take care no, of business as well? No, I you do. Have to do it. It's annoying. So does Frankie help out? Does Frankie you do business as well? Or <laughs> uh, you must be involved with cooking. <laughs> no, I, d- I mean, we we do sort of 50-50 on all the productions and that kind of thing. We do very different things. She's more in charge of the money and the, you know, paying the bills and that sort of thing. And I handle the, uh, you know, a lot of the art art stuff and video and mu- music e- editing and that, that sort of thing. But we're in it together. And y'all, and you have a school. A school in mm-hmm. Chicago? Yeah, I have a burlesque school in Chicago. And I've had that for about six years. 
And like s- someone can can anyone uh, come and take classes, or is it for only aspiring burlesque dancers? Or um, yeah, anybody can come take classes, but a lot of people who come kind of get hooked, and then they want to perform. And so, if they want to perform, then I provide an outlet for that as well. So, is there a, a s- stage and stuff where performances occur regularly? Yeah, yeah, we have um, we have a stage. Um, Actually, across the hall, we have a club out there as well. We do some shows, some smaller shows there, but we also produce bigger shows at bigger venues and, you know, do more uh, spectacles. And when y'all first came to New Orleans, was it, uh, it was purely vacation or did you have a show yeah, that a, you were coming no, to see? No, it was see? a vacation thing. Was it the in first fact, time for the fest or no? No, the very first time we came was the first we had you know we had traveled all over for work but this was the first time that we had gone on vacation with nothing to do and it kind of drove us crazy and we almost didn't fall in love with this town because for the first two three days we were eating at all the wrong places and doing all the wrong stuff and just like what yeah, see we didn't in, in get this place. it. We didn't understand how yeah. to relax. What uh, places did you eat at? The wrong. I don't even remember. <laughs> There's this one place on Decatur that's just. Which was awful. you stayed in the quarter? Did you not we're leave no, the quarter? We stayed in the CBD. Um, so where were the shitty we places? To like one of the Masperos. Masperos, like Masperos or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it then was we had a we had this weird ma- magical day where we went out to the mu- museum. And then we ended up going to Port of Call. Somebody had recommended. And then we did a, va- a vampire tour. And we were just like, you know, it just changed. And we knew we had to leave in, in two, two days. And we just couldn't. got heart sick. You know, just could Museum, not. Museum, giant hamburger. Yep. And a <laughs> vampire <laughs> tour did it. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of things. People often say came down to Tulane and they stayed. Or came down to put help after mm-hmm. Katrina and stayed. Or came down <laughs> for Jazz Fest and stayed. Or Mardi Gras. I've never heard anyone say Port of Call. Or a vampire tour. Have we you still Margaret? do Portacol, probably. You still do? Yeah, still we every, do. Every week. <laughs> oh, my God. I know it's not the best burger in town. It's a great. I mean, it's a great burger, but it's a, we just have a, have a soft spot. Soft spot right for it. Street do you have place, the so. giant monsoon? Oh, you live down there? Yeah. Well, we live in the, in the quarter. Do you have the giant drink as well? No. The monsoon really. or whatever? No. Bourbon. Just the bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> bourbon and sometimes burgers. a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but their ranch does not compare to Frankie's. Oh, that's sweet. Uh-huh. So what was the turning point that made you actually move here? Uh, it just got harder and harder to leave, and right. there's too many tears and too much pining for New Orleans while we were in Chicago, and um, we 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 organized trips and brought friends here. How many years in a row? Two years? Uh, three years? Three, three years. We brought like 30 people down from um, Chicago. So you all are like ambassadors for the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. We're, always o- we're always, like, sending people down here and, like, check out this and that. And, yeah, um, yeah and Frankie uh, was starting a tour company at the Red Light Tours. And it's telling the story of, um, you know, Storyville and brothels. And, and the place where we live used to be a brothel. Not actually too hard to come by in this city. <laughs> but um, he was sort of doing like a test run for this tour and then made friends with the people in this building. And so we got to go in the building and see, you know, where the Johns would hide when the cops would come and raid the place and see the, the money box where the madams would pay off the cops, you know, and just got to be in this building. And then when we left the building, I saw a for rent sign there. And I was like, Frankie, <laughs> we have to have this place. <laughs> and so we contacted landlord. By the time we heard from, back from the landlord, we were already in Chicago. Um, but the place was available, and it was furnished. And we signed on the line, and we didn't even see <laughs> the apartment until three weeks after we had yeah. like sent in our deposit and signed the lease. So luckily, <laughs> the place is gorgeous. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> we live today. Who is yeah. the, uh, isn't it, uh, wh- which, uh... Which brothel? Brothel. Oh, it's, the, it's actually <laughs> the, the Norma Wallace. Okay. Place on Conti. Yeah. yeah. That's a Are you familiar with the various brothels down here? <laughs> a <laughs> few. I do have some family members that, uh, I heard some stories. And also, um, the self-appointed mayor of Storyville, Tom Anderson. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, a lamp. Do you really? Home. Yes. Wow, oh, that's exciting! That's cool. So uh, I covet it. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. And um, so you're hooked up. So uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, we're in well. I mean, place I, I just I think that's. But uh, fr- Frankie, nice when, when you guys met, 
were you were you known as Frankie Vivid or Wally Shaw? I'm not sure what the other name was that you <laughs> mentioned. Is that really? <laughs> That's not you. Where did no. you get that? <laughs> you Where did deep. you get your information? Well, like, not really. I, I typed Re- your name Grant into yeah, Wikipedia. I typed oh, into wow, Wikipedia, and this I'm looking at and the story about this band called Deatophobia oh came out. Oh my god, are you sweating? I'm sweating. <laughs> Which is really <laughs> actually some really good music you used to play. Well, thank you. When we we met, I was Frankie Vivid. We you were yeah. I spent some years in the uh, alternative side of the gospel music thing doing you know christian rock and roll uh and that's where that came came from and when we when i started to split from that world uh the band that i was in was called massive vivid and we decided we were all gonna uh go by the 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 vivids we'd all change our name our last name would be vivid i was the only one that did it (laughs) (laughs) and just you know honestly uh to frankie vivid is more who I've always been than the other name ever was. It's like, you know... Is you the other name your real name that you were born with? Like yes. a given That's your real name. Yeah. So you've turned your back on the whole... Your whole past. Your uh, whole identity. I've, turn, I've turned my back on the fake part of my past. And uh, it turns out where I'm at now, I've actually been training for my whole whole life. I talked to my father and my mother, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly where you were headed. You know? Well, you were, they're you were supportive. Allowed. So it's not like mm-hmm. you're turning your back on your family or no not not at all my dad lives vicariously through me and you know (laughs) i think i think my mom i think most uh, most red-blooded american guys live vicariously through you by the way (laughs) (laughs) but you were a christian rock artist i mean you weren't just in a band in high school or you know screwing around playing metallica covers (laughs) while other people did interpretive dancing to it (laughs) you were actually a christian rock i mean you must have believed in christ and all that sort of stuff uh yeah yeah i mean i was always sort of a rebel within those ranks and believing that a lot of what that has come to mean uh, is a is a modern manufacturer that doesn't actually make a lot of sense when you look at the at the facts but but yeah but which fact wait, wait, short wait, answer wait, wait. crucifixion Christian or rock or relig- I, I, resurrection resurrection uh, uh. gosh the, that's a long story that uh, even from within that system the Christian rock thing which is a system it's a it's a it's a commercialized, you know, and it, whatever. That, that's fine. Is You're selling re- records. Um, <clears throat> but it really has very little to do with, you know, being a good, a good per- person, which is at, at the center of what a religion should be, right? So Should be. Yeah. Correct. But even from within that, you know, I was the guy that questioned everything. My father was a pre- preacher when, when I was a kid, and he encouraged me to question even from that point. Your so. father was a preacher. Yep. Southern Baptist, Texas. Seventies, wow! Yeah, did he have time. a church or a several? He'd get fired quite a bit. Wow! <laughs> How did he get fired for being a preacher? Uh, for doing crazy things like trying to integrate the churches racially and you know that sort of thing. Good for one, him. One <laughs> That's a great reason yeah. to get fired. You actually get fired from he a got, church by treating people threats. equally. Got death <laughs> threats from from the per- parishioners, I guess you call them. Yeah, uh, we had we were at one church that was about. 15 miles outside of Vider, t- Texas, which is the Klan headquarters. And he, he didn't realize he had deacons that were Klansmen. And <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This is how you grow up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you also ran a Playboy ring in the church. Out of one of our churches, yeah. <laughs> what I is did. a Playboy <laughs> ring mean? We would get people to steal pl- Playboys from their dads, and we'd sell them. And <laughs> yeah, he had a little operation going. <laughs> so you've been an entrepreneur your whole life. <laughs> And uh, in the entertainment, adult entertainment. Yeah. Naked women is still the thing. Yeah. Oh, I noticed. It's classic. <laughs> See, it's a bad train it for. Mm-hmm. It, was there a day when you turned your back on the whole Christian rock thing? Yes. Yeah. It was a, a process, but it started with, well, we're, we're, we're going deep here. It started with um, being asked by a church that I was trying to join I was asked to sign a list of things that I believed in, and one of those was that uh, homosexuality was a sin and you wouldn't go to heaven if you were gay. And I was like, I, at the time, I was like, I don't really know what I believe on that, but I definitely know that I can't sign that right now. And it just, things started to fall apart. And my, my first marriage was falling apart for very similar reasons. Like the whole, I was realizing that, you know, if, if everybody's telling me, oh, just stick it out and God will honor it. And I was like, ah, if God wants me in this relationship, uh, Screw that guy. He's not. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> so I started to, to dismantle. Did things. you get married to somebody really straight? Uh, got married really young. I was married at nineteen. 
That is a, young. That's really young. Yeah. My parents should have locked me in a room and never let that happen. But your parents got married yeah, super they were young, 17, too. 18, what so made you want to get married at 19 so you could have sex with her? <coughs> Michelle, <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, is that like a taboo subject? It's just imagery. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah. Well, I don't know, so I can't you imagine. You are uh, <laughs> nervous about talking about. That's a good point, Mario. No, I'm not nervous. I just off. have lots of feelings about Im- this person. About, yeah, it's not the imagery; it's the person in the imagery. Yeah, but that's a good point. Isn't you take your clothes time? off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh what? <laughs> you take your clothes off in front of strangers for a living. Uh huh. And you're concerned about his ex-wife. You think that, you, Frankie, you would be concerned about your wife being an exhibitionist and naked in front of other men. You know what? I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? I don't know that I can tell you. I mean, I, I, and I kind of don't want to know why because I think it'll it'll destroy some of the mystery of it. But well, I, you there's, know, there's pride. I mean, you can there, be proud of someone who's a great performer and beautiful. There's a little, yeah. There's a little, uh, a little like validation of I'm I must be pretty great if you yeah. know if people are. If she's with me and people love her, I, I don't know. Th- that might be part of it. I also think you know, there's voyeurs and there's exhibitionists, and then there's like a maybe a third kind of somebody who really loves the person he loves being an exhibitionist. I don't know. Not that you're an exhibitionist, really. You're actually, re- really shy. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. I can't that get her to the country club, mm. but <laughs> <laughs> would you get would you, you know, get into the country club? <laughs> it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of sunscreen for me. And uh, at Sunscreen. night, there's a lot of bugs. The country club, you know that place. High water. Oh, that country club. I thought the you meant the real country. Uh, You're no. thinking like I thought New they were trying to join the New Orleans country club and play no. golf or something. <laughs> I will never play golf. No. <laughs> What's it like being a performer like that, taking your clothes off for a uh, living? It's great. I highly recommend it. I don't think anyone <laughs> would pay to see me take my clothes oh, off for a living. No, really, it's. Yeah, it would. is super fun, and is it? it's allowed me to travel to places I never thought that I would go to. Um, it's allowed me to meet people uh, that I never thought I would be friends with, or expose myself to a lot of literally expose myself <laughs> um, to a lot of new ideas, and um, it's really, it's really fantastic. And I grew up in a born again Christian. Home. You did too. So, so I hear Where Frankie on this stuff. Although I didn't listen to Christian rock because I thought it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But I tried. I tried so hard. What did you think of Frankie's band? I actually I didn't know it, um, but I knew a lot of the people that he would be on tour with, you know. But I, I tried really hard to 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 like it. I just hated it. I just it's thought no it. Soul, it's got no soul. There's no like sex in it. It's just awful. Which is interesting about New Orleans <laughs> is that I'm I'm just now coming to terms with my gospel upbringing, and being able to go out and hear a band play, you know, just a cl- closer walk with the or you know these type of things and just love it and cry and feel. But very gospel emotional. is different this, than Christian. Well, yeah, because when you hear like you know Kermit Ruffins or whatever do it, it's very different. There's than like it feeling in and life and experience yeah, in that, and not you know DC talk. <laughs> But your band was sort of techno-industrial mm. sort of right. stuff. It was electronic. From what I've heard of it, which I listened to a little bit after I discovered this <laughs> on Wikipedia, I think it's pretty good. You can actually. hear his music online. Haven't you heard it? Well, I've heard it. I just didn't know it was like in the you, world. You can hear everything online. Yeah, there's whole like fan clubs and message boards oh and yeah, stuff not about deatophobia. Really I should probably Google you. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I still fairly regularly get emails from people or Facebook sort of from, from people saying that they're praying for me and wish I'd come back to the flock and you know I'm wow. disappointing God and all that stuff well how do you know you're not <laughs> wow that's a good we're, question we're here talking to you yeah well I want to <laughs> know um, Michelle if uh, was your family supportive when no. you no <laughs> just generally speaking no um, no not supportive at all um, uh, but are, do you have, because I, I thought I read in your, um, in your blog how you made homemade pasta mm-hmm. on a whim yeah. and that it was delicious and that your mother-in-law, yeah. no, no, that was about the ranch or something. I'm getting confused. No, 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 it's things, okay. Yeah. So your, your mother comes, does she 
your family come to visit you here mm-hmm. and have they ever seen you perform? Or? Yes. Um, just my mother, really. Um, we we had a giant falling out, like one of many, but the, the most lasting one was about burlesque. Um, and living in sin. And living in sin. Uh, I was living with Frankie before we were married, um, which is exactly what living in sin is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we had this very long period of time, like four years, five years, yeah, long time of short for no, Italians. No, though. really, <laughs> very short. Yeah, less yeah. than like three decades. <clears throat> yeah, and I really struggled with it, but I, you know, I, I believed in what I was doing, and um, you know, I started my own business, self-sufficient, like producing shows, traveling the world, having a lot of success. Um, but then, you know, knowing that your family didn't care, wasn't behind you was very difficult for me. Um, but I got on top of that. And then shortly after that, my mother actually came and apologized to me. And now we have a relationship. So it's pretty interesting. And I, yeah, I've taken her down to New Orleans and she's stayed in the, the brothel that I live (laughs) in. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's interesting. She'd prefer not to talk about yeah. cer- certain things, but is supportive of Michelle running a business and being right. know, sort of the one in the family that got out and did something. Yeah. I feel like she, uh, you know, is sort of fear like has a hold of her, you know? So I've always wanted to live without fear and just kind of do the things that I wanted to do. And I feel like she admires that even if, burlesque wouldn't be her top choice for me what does she tell her <laughs> friends you do i don't know that's a good question that's a good question but sometimes like i'll be on the morning news and she'll tell her friends that i'm on and she gets very proud i i was once on the morning news doing a a can can and i did you know high kicks and a cartwheel and she was like oh, michelle i'm so proud of you i just had no idea that you could do these things <laughs> and I'm like okay <laughs> Well, we have come to uh, off the menu, and that is where we ask you a question that you would not typically be asked in a a job interview or um, uh, America's Got Talent show (laughs) or um, (laughs) any respectable workplace or uh, environment. So um, You, you do know where we work, though. (laughs) <laughs> right. We get asked and actually, this is really not a, uh, this is not offensive in <clears throat> any way, but um, since adolescence, uh, in what three-year period do you feel you've experienced the most growth? Since right. adolescence. I don't even remember adolescence. Uh, the last three years, like three years starting from today and going back. Definitely. And, and why is that? What, what did you experience? Well, besides that being the period that encapsulates our life here in the city, um, which is, I mean, every day is a, is a growth and learning experience. Um, but besides that, we very uh, sort of firmly, it, about a year ago, we, we, we said, you know, we, we need something more than just fun and entertainment all that we need to sort of like be grounded and find a you know commit to a spiritual path and and that sort of thing and you know so that this last year has been very um, good on a, a a social and spiritual and intellectual sort of level that fed the stuff that was you know getting left behind just from doing all the work that we, that, that we do okay so did you, have you found a strong sense of community here besides just enjoying the city like oh, in, in that God. past Un- year unbelievable unbelievable yeah I mean it's we've found I mean we've got friends all over the, the place um, in in every major city in the US and you know whatever like we've got p- people that I would call dear dear friends in sh- Chicago we've got a really great n- network of phenomenal p- people but there's just something about the people that we know here and the the life that they are just sort of open to that just it's incredible yeah wonderful congratulations well thank you (laughs) okay Okay, michelle i have a question for you that ties into your spiritual journey over the last three years do you believe that your life is predetermined 
and all your success and everything that's happening to you is predetermined or do you believe that it's all your free will? Well, I feel that, like we talk about this a lot, um, you know, if he hadn't been married to that lady, would he have met me? Would they, you know, there's this sort of ifs and, and, and I sort of feel like you have this purpose and I feel um, that it's there for you. But I, I, the unfortunate thing is I think a lot of people don't stumble upon their purpose. Um, so I feel that perhaps your purpose might be predetermined, but I don't think that what you do with that is predetermined. So Does you have sense? to find it yourself. Yeah. You have to actively seek out I whatever. I think you have that, to seek it out. And where did that purpose come from? Is it God-given or is it in the universe in some other way? I feel like it's in the universe like it's in the the energy i don't know that it was god given necessarily or whatever you might consider god whether it be god or something else but i definitely believe in a higher higher power there's too much magic to not believe in that that's yeah, a pretty good answer yeah, you we, think feel like yes. we feel like fate is is a magnet it's not predetermined but it's a magnet and you can be drawn to it or you can ignore it and and you know, it's very it's easy a, to ignore because, I mean, truly the hardest thing that I have ever done uh, and continue to do is follow my dream. That mm. is so difficult and nobody tells you how difficult it is because there's people standing at every turn saying no, 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 no. There's so many obstacles, but it's just the courage to like keep pushing through and keep doing it. You know, I feel like you can easily... Le- look at people uh you know on the tonight show and just think like oh they're just so they just got so lucky and uh, it's like it's not it's not that you know it's like to have the strength to persevere and keep going and when you think everyone's against you that's it yeah Hmm? is everyone against you no i mean they have been for sure everyone Certain people. Certain people. Like Not what? I mean, other than your family. Of <coughs> but well, I'm, I've, I've your picked a path that isn't easy. You know, I've picked a path that doesn't have, like, a um, a path, truly. Like, I'm creating the path, you know. It's not like even uh, being a musician is difficult, but there's a path. There's several paths that you can take Goals within that, yeah. you know. But as far as what I'm doing, I mean, it's very easy to look down upon it. It's very easy to disregard it. It's very easy to misunderstand it. So, you know, I feel like I have this opportunity to educate people and 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 show people like an alternative to uh, sexy entertainment. And do you have women discussing body issues with you? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's a big thing, and it's one of the hardest things I think. I would think so, too, because we all have this idea about what we're supposed to look like, especially women. It's much more difficult for women. I would think to have the courage to take off their clothes and not look like what you saw on Playboy when you were 15. Right. Probably. Did they have airbrushing back then when you were... I, I think they, they had like Photoshop. Like they, I think they spent more time in the makeup chair yeah. than <laughs> they do because they didn't have the Photoshop right. then. Right. I don't know. No, I've, she, gets, she gets cards, letters. I'd actually dug one up. I, I didn't show you this, but the the one with the woman whose child was dying in the hospital. You, you remember that 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 old? I was that just thinking about that. Yeah, I yesterday. dug it up. We just we just Crazy. moved some stuff in Chicago, and I got some stuff out of storage. But um, she gets letters, uh, women who take class because they are heading for a mastectomy and they want to do this before that. You know, it's sort of like so many different things that that you know. I since it's females only in, in the class, I don't really get to experience a lot of that. But I I, I read the cards and I see. Uh, I see women come in the first night of class and they, they carry themselves one way and six weeks to six months to a year later, whatever, they're carrying themselves very differently and, and, and meeting the women that I meet and our, you know, the cast of our shows and seeing how Michelle affects them. It, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable to see and to see the work that she does and just saying like, you know, this is, it's our right. It's our right to be a woman. It's our right to, to feel sexy and sexual and sensual and to, but to express yourself it, in those use ways. use it all, yeah. you know, or mm-hmm. not one-dimensional. And I'm, uh, I think it's very important to present sexuality in an intelligent way. Absolutely. And to 
present it with layers and you know you have the comedy and and the intelligence and of course the sexuality of it all but I think it it has a, a much more lasting impression if you can combine all of these things rather than just be one or the other I feel like we're given all of these gifts and these abilities and we're made to like shut off certain areas of our lives uh you know in order to succeed um in one part you know if a, if a woman has a a big office job she has to shut down that entire side of herself in order to succeed in that world it's like food you have ingredients and yes when they're complex and harmonious it's even better Mm-hmm. I, I find it fascinating that you're, you're talking ab- about, you're, you're teaching a lot. I mean, it, in, um, it sounds very empowering. And part of your, um, is part of your path to, it w- obviously it's not just about performing. Right. Because you, you're speaking about uh, giving, enabling other women to have experiences that, uh, and I think that's beautiful. Uh, did you, uh, when did you realize that uh, that was part of a process for you to, to help other women? Um, I think it's sort of always been in my nature to want to okay. help other people. And I feel like if I learn something, then I have to let other people know right away, like, you should know about this thing. <laughs> Look, I'll save you all this trouble and all this work, and I'll just help you. Um, I, I've always had that sort of uh, feeling. Um, I used to teach dance to kids, and um, and then it was only natural that I started teaching burlesque. But as far as, you know, what it would lead me to or what I would end up doing with it, um, I would, of course, have no idea when I started my first class. And, of course, uh, there was no one there to teach me how to teach burlesque, so I just sort of refined my methods as I've, as I've gone. And, you know, now I help other teachers teach burlesque, and so we're kind of getting some, some quality in there. And um, it's, uh, it's really exciting, and it's, I feel like, you know, if, if you can help to better someone else's life than you should. Wonderful. Well, what's going to happen as you get older? I'll be an old lady in a <laughs> shawl with big sunglasses. How do you transition and a out cane. of? I mean, how do you transition from being <laughs> an incredibly in shape? And what happens when gravity makes your boobs? I'm sorry. What? Or, what? Well, you what's know, what, what, we don't use what hand terms around. <laughs> <laughs> What? I don't know. I mean, I'll just keep going as long as people want to see it, you know. And and if if that if those tides turn, I suppose you know my teaching abilities will still be intact, and yeah, I will right. still continue uh, to spread the good word of burlesque and uh, empowering women, no matter uh, where my boobs fly. <laughs> so some of the most inspirational people that we know are the women who are now in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who used to dance back in the day that we still see at the, at the Hall of Fame every year. And they dance, and they're wow. incredible. And it's not for everybody. I mean, it not, it's not something I'd put on Bourbon Street, you know, because it's not the right <clears throat> crowd. But, but truly, I mean, the moment when I really understood what burlesque was was seeing these women dance. And it's not like they had the moves and they could still, you know, or the bodies do or the high whatever, kicks yeah. or in cartwheels, but um, they had the look and they had it in their eyes and they had the walk and they had the confidence and they had that uh, just that entertainment know-how, you know, and that's when I that's when it clicked and that's when I got it and that's when I was in all the way. Well, y'all, unfortunately, <laughs> I, we could interrogate you all night. <laughs> we'll come and back next uh, week. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's we've come to the uh, end of our show, so we'd like to thank you so much for joining us tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One. And um, Frankie, we really appreciate you uh, joining us on your birthday and Absolutely. bringing your lovely Plus One, Absolutely. Michelle Lamore. I will thank say, you, I don't know you. if this is all right, but we are producing a show at the Joy Theater on November 15th. It's going to be a huge show, and it's going to be fantastic. Local talent, international talent. So if you want to see what burlesque is all about, that's the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how can uh, people find out more information? Do uh, you at have the, a website? At the Joy Box Office, uh, joyofteas.com. 
um, or the Joy Theater website, which I think is joytheater.com. The, yeah, thejoytheater.com, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if plugs are right. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this in any other time, though, just remember this is November the 15th. November 15th, 2014. 2014. Yes. So if you're listening to this in 2015 or beyond, you've missed that show, but there have been plenty others, I'm sure, absolutely. to find it. At uh, What are the various websites? So many. The main one would be <laughs> Michelle's, michellelamore.com, uh, cookingforstrippers.com, which I will have to add a new recipe this week because of you guys. You better get on it. And of yeah. course, <laughs> n- Naked Girls Reading, of Naked course, Girls Reading. we haven't even touched on that. So maybe you all have to come we'll back when Ray's here sometime. I think, yeah. I'm sensing a, you know, an additional podcast on the network. I can ah. see. Ah, another great idea. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us here Absolutely tonight. Our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Frankie Vivid, and Frankie's Plus One was Michelle Lamore. You can find out more about Frankie cooking for strippers and Frankie's other pursuits, including Naked Girls Reading and the upcoming Joy of Teas and the, at the Joy Theatre here in New Orleans, as well as finding out more uh, about Michelle Lamore by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. And thank you tonight to Petite Pet Care for loving care when you're not there or you're out taking a wonderful burlesque class. <laughs> PetitePetCare.com. And thanks also to Monkey Hill Bar on Magazine Street at Monkey Hill. You can enjoy a five-hour happy hour every weekday from 3 to 8. And every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, where they have Coronas, Margaritas, and Sangria specials plus $2 tacos. See y'all next time on Midnight Menu Plus One. Till then, I'm Margot Moss. And I'm Grant Morris sitting in for Ray Canada. Ray will be back next week. Till then. Good night. Good night. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Margot Moss, Grant Morris, and me, Ray Canada. Our technical director is Chris Keogh. You can find photos from tonight's show on our website, itsneworleans.com. On itsneworleans.com, you can also check out our blog. You can listen to lots more episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One and our other shows, including Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, True to the Game, and Mindset. You can hook up with me and Margo anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also Google Midnight Menu Plus One, and we come right up. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to us by PreSonus Audio. For more information about PreSonus recording equipment, go to PreSonus.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. We look forward to seeing you back here next week on Midnight Menu Plus One. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.